0: Welcome to Product Voices, a podcast where we share valuable insights and useful resources to help us all be great in product management. Visit the show's website to access the resources discussed on the show, find more information on our fabulous guests or to submit your product management question to be answered on our special Q&A episodes. That's all at productvoices.com and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Now, here's our host, JJ Rory, CEO of Great Product Management.
1: Hello and welcome to Product Voices. Today's topic is one that's near and dear to me because when I first started in product management, I struggled quite a long time uh, because I didn't have a technical background. And I wasn't struggling because I lacked that technical knowledge. I actually was struggling because of a lack of confidence. I believed that I had to have that technical background and that engineering or science knowledge to be successful in product management. And I was intimidated by my partners who were technical experts. Um, and the truth is, I didn't need that deep technical acumen. Not the way that my engineering and development partners needed it. I simply needed to know how my value was understanding the customer, understanding the business, and bringing that to the table. It took me a while to really mature and learn that I didn't have to be a technical expert in order to be successful in product management. And so today's conversation is with someone who's really flourished in data and machine learning product management, even without having that technical background. So I'm really excited about this conversation. Raj Muhar is Director of Product at Innovid, an ad tech analytics platform at the center of disruption of the streaming TV industry. She was the founding product manager of the measurement and analytics team there. She's passionate about using technology and data to unlock personalized experiences for consumers at scale. She's also dedicated to creating inclusive environments fueled by diverse Voices, and she mentors young women of color interested in STEM fields. Raj, thank you for joining me today.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm extremely
1: excited to talk about this topic today. Yeah, I think it's really important because, again, I think there's this uh, misunderstanding that you know engineering and development and and technology background is going to make you a better product manager, but that's not always the case. So I'm looking forward to this. So tell me more about you and how you became a product manager in data and ML without that technical background.
0: I resonate with everything you say because I have had a similar experience. And I'm here to say that I am proof that you do not need a computer science degree or have experience as a full-time engineer to become a PM, including a data science and machine learning product manager. And so, um, and the reason why I just want to say that at the outset, um, I think is because this disproportionately affects marginalized groups, Um, you know, like especially women of color when they're applying for these roles. Um, You know, we've seen studies that say, you know, men are qualified for 30% of the roles yet apply um, quite boldly versus women need to feel like they're qualified for 100% of the role before applying. And this, um, especially on the technical aspect of being in product. So I think this is a really important conversation to have. And hopefully by sharing my journey, you know, we can debunk some of these myths. So uh, that being said, um, as for my own product journey, I worked in analytics in the content advertising measurement industry. And the way I got into product was by making an internal transition. And so the analytics role, I was essentially on a team that incubated early stage offerings um, before they became officially productized. So as part of that role, uh, I talked to customers and users, especially our leading edge ones, um, You know, really dived into their needs help them come up with you know different creative solutions for their problems based on their key kpis and you know because i was so familiar with their needs um the rapidly changing entertainment uh, industry and the competitive landscape um and because of all that was frequently in communication with the product team you know recommending um, a lot of suggestions and prioritizing incoming requests based on my own framework um, and Based on what I knew of the objectives of the company, um, the product strategy and our constraints. And so, uh, you know, this happened so often that I eventually got an offer to join the um, the digital content product team. And that's how I officially became, um, you know, a product manager. Um, and I say officially because, um, you know, when I was in school, um, go, I went to Berkeley um, in California. You know, I took the first two product management classes that were offered, um, and they were under the school of engineering. And so, you know, way back then there weren't as many opportunities, um, or, you know, well publicized opportunities, um, if you didn't have a engineering background to, to go into these product roles. I remember at the time, you know, there were very few programs, I think like Google's APM program was one of the few. And for those programs, you know, they only recruited for, you know, the, the top CS, uh, candidates. And so it was kind of just, you know, the message was just kind of like, you know, if you don't have that background, just kind of forget it. And, you know, figuring out what I love to do, uh, you know, is completely in line with product management. Um, and so, you know, as as I mentioned, you know, was able to, to join an internal team. I was interested in technology and how we can use technology to solve problems. So I had this love of learning um, and especially, uh, you know, being at Berkeley uh, engineering and technology where we're very top of mind. So I imbibed so many resources. I took online and part-time courses and did side projects and listened to podcasts and articles on everything technical from like web, mobile app development. I focused on specific languages like Python and SQL, and you know, and looking back, a lot of that was, yes, due to my um, you know hunger of learning, but also imposter syndrome. You know, I thought I needed to have, I needed to be an engineer in order to to work in the in the tech industry, even if I wasn't going after engineering roles. And so, um, you know, looking back, I, I did a lot of that. When the reality is the most relevant technical skills for a product manager that I ever learned was actually on the job. It was asking my engineering, data science and data architect teams on, you know, you know, what is relevant? Like, what should I be learning? What is our tech stack? What what is our architecture? Um, You know, what is the the data flow? What are the things that are actually important from a technical perspective that I need to know? And I'll say there's two main things. One is just, you know, learning the lingo, the the terms, so you're able to communicate and collaborate, collaborate efficiently. The other thing to understand is, what are the technical implications of different decisions and what are the trade-offs that will be required. And so I would, those are the two main things I think that are really important in terms of technical skills as a PM.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Um, I love everything you, you said and shared a couple of things. I want to kind of dig into a little bit that, that last thing that you just said, I, I think that's really important. Um, The, the things about a technical perspective that are important. Number one is just the lingo and the language and, and semantics, and you don't have to get deep, but you do have to have, you know, just a little bit of understanding and, and speak the the same language, if you you will, or, or use the same lingo, um, at least generally high level. I, I agree with that. I think that's really important, and, and frankly, it's something that you may just have to learn as you're as you're getting in there. Um, I also. I liked how you said there are some things like the tech stack, for example, that may be of value for you understanding. But it's really in my in my experience, it's because it can have an impact on the user and and the the ultimate user experience, right? Even though it's behind the scenes, and then also some of the trade-offs that you may have to take. So some level, very high level, but but some level of understanding of that tech stack or or some some key things about the technology are important. And then the language and semantics of it are important, just so that you can collaborate well, right? I think that's a really important point you made um, without having to to get, get deep into, you know, can you actually do the coding or can you actually do all of that. You don't need that, but you do need to be just kind of a surface level understanding. I think that was really important.
0: Yeah. And I will tell you, you know, you probably will not be better at coding than some of your engineers if you don't have that technical background. And you know what? That's not why you're there. (laughs)
1: Very true. You know, the other thing I I, want to just kind of bring up and then that'll that'll take me to my next question for you is as I like how you talked about the fear that I had starting out and that you had starting out and kind of that imposter syndrome that that is natural is because we thought we had to be experts on that solution. Or the solution space, right? And the truth is, um, product managers have to be experts on the problem, not the solution. Of course, they need to know something about the solution and how it how it impacts or, or, or solves the problem. But our value to the team is to be that, that kind of um, expert on the problem, the market, the customer. And so I loved how you talked about how in a, a, your non product adjacent role you started to learn some of those skills and some of those you know tasks and and the abilities to talk to customers and understand needs, which was very transferable over to product right I think that's that's one of the things that was important that uh, of your story that I took out of that
0: That's exactly the the takeaway there.
1: Yeah. So so let me let me follow that up with um, kind of a segue to if you were you know advising someone um, on becoming a, a data specifically a data and machine learning uh, product manager what are the skills uh, that that someone needs and you know can you get those skills um, elsewhere in other in other adjacent roles?
0: Yeah, I would say first and foremost, uh, you know, the the core skills of product management is necessary. Um, So specifically, empathy for your users and customers, Mm -hmm. being able to articulate a strategy and vision, and creating a collaborative culture with all stakeholders, including engineering, data science, design, sales, marketing, legal, kind of whoever you, you work with. And so kind of Included in that are all of these soft skills um, that, you know, a lot of people uh, take for granted. So things like communication, leadership, influencing, problem solving, uh, being data driven, um, getting results and building an inclusive culture. All of these things are necessary um, in order to be a great PM. And exactly to to your earlier point, being able to really understand the the problem space that you're operating in, all of these are just kind of core requirements to be a product manager, period, and is definitely required even if you are a data machine learning PM. The second piece of that, um, especially on, you know, the more technical side is, like I mentioned earlier, is being curious and continuously asking questions is key and that's how i learned the most in my career being a uh you know a more data driven machine learning product manager um thankfully i've had the good fortune to learn from some really smart and generous people in my career who've been open to sharing their knowledge um, and so it's, I think, really important, especially earlier on in your PM career, um, to make sure that you're just soaking up everything, even if you don't understand it right away, um, is, is important. Just making sure you're making the effort to learn, um, especially things specific to your product and what are the, the tech stack that is important to your company, your team, um, will be will be critical. Um, this essentially helps form your mental model of how things work and the implications of various trade-offs in order to have those meaningful discussions with your dev teams. And so uh, I would say this is also an opportunity to discover hidden assumptions and risks and clarify needs. So as you're asking these questions, um, I think things will come to light that a lot of engineers or maybe data scientists had assumed were already you know, uh, knowledge or information that we already knew about the problem when that was actually a key risk. So asking those questions helps not only you um, for your knowledge to, to understand the implications, but also it's a two-way street being able to provide uh, even more clarity to your dev teams. Um, and then also I've always found that um, when I'm the one asking questions, um, there are other uh, folks that are not technical. Um, they could be other PMs, designers, even executives. Uh, you know, as soon as I answer a question, they're like nodding their heads um, or they tell me afterwards, thank you for asking that. Cause you know, I-, I, didn't know the answer to that either or vice versa. Sometimes one of those will uh, ask the question that I had in mind. Um, so it's also, you know, it's good to just clarify things with everyone. So it helps not just you, but just everyone on the team to make sure that you have a clear goal and that you're driving towards that goal in a collaborative manner.
1: I love that advice. I think that's so important to to be able to, you know, share share the the knowledge and and learn across the various functions. I think that's really, really important. So what does the day-to-day of a data and machine learning product manager look like? Similar, again, to,
0: you know, typical product management, there's a lot of, you know, working collaboratively. Uh, I work with, you know, engineering, design, marketing, sales, legal architects. Um, So making sure that, you know, we are all, uh, everyone is clear on our strategy and vision, Um, making sure there are no blockers, we're, you know, moving ahead, Um, you know, I it also varies day to day. So I could be, you know, one day focused on translating uh, requirements um, for the for the technical teams or, you know, uh, a lot of the times I'll be talking to customers and users to try to discover their needs and pain points. Um, other times I'll be working with product marketing on, you know, some competitive intel that we can put out for our sales teams to make sure that they're very well-versed also when talking to our customers. Um, but the thing... I would say that is different um, than typical product management, um, specifically for data machine learning product managers, is um, I heavily work with a data science team. um, And that includes very research heavy projects. Um, And these types of projects, uh, you know, they have a longer life cycle than your typical, you know, uh, straightforward software, um, software products, Um, specifically. You know, with data science, you know, t- making sure that we're very clear on the goal. This is even more important than in you know classic product management, just because, again, I think a lot of data scientists they're very focused on innovation. You know, they wanna they wanna push the boundaries of what we're able to do, uh, both as a you know technical function, but also in service of our clients. And so, I think it's really important for the PM to to really be. Uh, always bringing the bringing it back to the goal, like why are we doing this? Um, and then also with data science, uh, even on the more technical aspects. So you know, evaluating data. What what are the, some of the data samples? What is the experiment that we're looking um, to do? And what will it help us solve? Like what are we de risking? Um, and you know what are the different models that we're evaluating, and if we get if we you know reach these metrics, what what is our outcome? Like what are we going to do based on these results, um, and then how do we translate this into a productionized customer facing product? Um, and so there's a lot more of you know methodology and working with data, and so it's it's really exciting. Um, but yeah, it just is much more of a longer life cycle, um, but it's very rewarding to be working on, you know, in a very innovative products with uh, data scientists, but also with everyone.
1: Yeah, it's, it sounds like really, really fun work. And and I at one point in my career was a, a head of product for a data and analytics product line. And, I also loved working with a data scientist, but you, you do, like you said, have to kind of get back to the goal at certain points, because a lot of times the data, you, you know, it is research based, as you said, and it's, you're, you're finding patterns in data that you didn't even know it exists, know existed. And, and you're finding almost, almost problems, you're identifying problems um, from the data. So it's, it's actually quite interesting work. So, so thank you for sharing kind of that day in the life. Um, you know, getting back to kind of your, the fact that you're a non- technical um pm um at least uh, from from background um for those folks out there listening who also come from you know a non technical background what advice would you give them uh to be successful as a product manager
0: the number one thing i would say is ask questions um, of your technical teams. Make sure you understand your tech stack, your architecture, like I mentioned before, um, just to understand you know, what are uh, the trade-offs that you'll have to make. Um, and that will help determine how things are built and affect product and business results. Um, so for example, I think here it could be good you know, if you're not comfortable asking, maybe in front of the whole team, make sure that you identify um, someone like maybe like the lead engineer you have uh, a friendly relationship with. And maybe even in a one on one setting, ask them like, hey, why did we build our tech stack this way? You know, if what were our options if we did X, Y, Z instead, how would that change the outcome? Things, things like that. Um, I, I think being able to ask those questions um uh, Gives you a lot of credibility um, and incurs appreciation from the technical teams that that you're willing to do whatever it takes to understand the ins and outs of your product in order to ultimately achieve your you know cl- joint goals. And so I think it's uh, it's really humbling <laughs> to keep asking questions. Uh, I think there there are uh, sometimes stupid questions. You know there are things you can Google, but then there are things that are really specific to your. To your product, that I think it's totally fair game to ask someone, especially in a more uh, comfortable setting, one-on-one. But uh, I think, yeah, just honestly being humble and just you know keeping uh, ke- making sure that you're always have like you're always having a learning mindset is really important. So that's one. Um, two, I would say uh, another way to build trust with engineering um, and technical teams is by bringing clarity through a crisp strategy and vision, uh, and how the initiatives that all of the engineers are working on, how those tie into our strategy, um, the value that they bring to our customers' lives, the success metrics, and you know what is our game plan for testing and experimentation. Just making sure that you're extremely clear so that they can focus on what they're good at is really important. Um, and then also, I think as part of that, using data as a basis for any hypothesis you might have also goes a long way in instilling confidence in your uh, technical counterparts. And so uh, just bringing clarity in any any way you can, um, I think, is really appreciated. The third thing, uh, you know, and this is product management one-on-one, is, you know, evangelize your customer needs. Make sure you're an expert on the problem space, the needs, the desires, the constraints, um, and continuously communicate that to your engineering um, and dev teams. Make sure uh, you know that everyone is on the same page um, on what the customer needs. Include how this ties in with your company and team strategy, and how you're positioned in the overall competitive landscape. There should be no um, you know confusion on that front. Like why are, why are we building this? You you, know, you should be able to have. Very frequent discussions on, you know, why are we building this? What is the latest customer feedback? Um, making sure that you're able to, to bring it back and uh, close the loop there is extremely important. You know, engineers are a lot of, some of them are, you know, very heads down. So making sure that they're, um, you know, they understand why they're doing what they're doing. Um, And then I I will say as part of that, you know, for some, especially my engineering lead and counterpart, um, it's important to also bring them into those discovery sessions with customers and users directly um, and, you know, collaboratively set set that strategy. Um, So they're a part of that process, not, you know, kind of an afterthought. Um, And then lastly, I would say, you know, be the link with all other teams, as I mentioned before, including sales, customer service, marketing, operations, um, legal, um, just everyone to make sure that everyone is working in tandem and driving results. Um, you know, make sure that uh, the technical teams have, uh, they don't need to worry uh, that the, that, you know, that the goal is being achieved just because, you know, there are always a million moving parts and pieces of the puzzle. And it's really your job as a PM to make sure everything is coming together in a cohesive manner. Um, to make sure that, you know, the product is successful.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's tremendous advice. So, you know, just to, to reiterate those, ask questions, really understand um, the stack, the architecture, etc. Build your trust with your engineering by having a really clear strategy um, and vision and making sure that's communicated, uh, evangelize those customer needs, which is is key and then being that, that conduit to the other teams. I I think that's such good advice um, to, to any um, product manager, but certainly ones in a technical field who come from a non-technical background. So I think that's, that's awesome. Um, You mentioned earlier that you're always kind of on a learning journey. Are there certain resources that you have found that have been very helpful in learning how to work in this space?
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, On, uh, as mentioned, other than leaning on your, you know, your teams and learning and soaking up knowledge that way, there are other external resources. So in terms of on the more technical side, you know, you can always, if, you know, you need to take courses on YouTube, Coursera, Udemy, depending on what uh, tech stack languages your team uses. I've personally taken courses on the basics of web and app development, SQL, Python, machine learning, just to familiar familiarize myself with some of the lingo. Um, for example, like Andrew Ng's like machine famous machine learning course has been pretty useful. Uh, but again, the most value you'll get out of the courses is putting the learnings into practice, um, either as a side project or like a personal website, things like that. Um, outside of the technical aspect, um, I would also recommend the you know the classics on product management, but also Uh, Business strategy, design, and leadership books and resources. A few of these include, you know, Lean Analytics, Continuous Discovery Habits by Teresa Torres, The Lean Startup, Good Strategy, Bad Strategy. Uh, I love blogs like Deb Blue's Substack, uh, podcasts like How I Built This and Founder's Journal. Um, You know, in order to be a well-rounded PM, it's important to, you know, learn about analytics and strategy and how to talk to customers and all all of that in order to make sure that you're bringing um, high leverage skills to your team as a PM. And I think something that's really important to mention here is uh, it's important to take inspiration from all of these resources, but... Feel free to adapt the best practices to your situation because not everything is relevant. So, you know, if some metrics don't make sense for your, you know, B2B SaaS platform, you know, it's okay. Uh, You're not a bad PM. It's just it it isn't relevant. And so uh, feel free to, you know, use what uh, makes sense for your team um, and your industry.
1: Yeah, that's such great advice and great resources. Um, absolutely. We're, we're definitely on a learning journey. And so I love the, the advice to not only learn some of the tech side, but also just the strategy and business side. So um, great advice, great conversation. Raj Muhar, Director of Product at Innovate. thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your expertise, and for being here with me today.
0: Thank you so much, AJ. I had such a blast talking about my journey Um, And I hope people can, you know, relate and find value from this conversation.
1: I'm sure that they will. Again, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, sharing your journey with us. Um, And thank you all for joining us on Product Voices. Hope to see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to
0: Product Voices, hosted by J.J. Rory. To find more information on our guests, resources discussed during the episode, or to submit a question for our Q&A episodes, visit the show's website, productvoices.com, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite
1: platform.